Welcome back, everybody, to the Voices for Blogging podcast, where we have Faces for Radio and Voices for Blogging. As always, with my Toki highball in hand here in Honolulu, in rainy Honolulu, Hawaii, I'm Steve Lee, and over in L.A., with his, what kind of whiskey are you drinking today, Royce? You don't I have, have a whiskey I'm, in hand I'm today? I'm empty-handed. I'm empty-handed. What I'm are going, you doing? Going, going sober. Over in L.A. is Royce Hamano, as always. You can follow us on the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you usually look up your podcasts. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Voices for Blogging. Well, Royce, we bring Kenya on, and subsequently, cryptocurrencies rise. He brings up the rear. He, he not only that, but he brings the rain. Apparently. <laughs> oh my goodness, the he rain here the rain. in Hawaii has been. It, it, is it raining on in LA also? Man, the flooding here has been crazy. Yeah, I heard the flooding there is pretty bad. Uh, it's been raining in uh, LA too as well. Not as bad as how it is over there apparently, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we've had our first probably significant rainfall of the year these last two days. Well, that's probably good to get some rainfall. It always is good. You just kind of want to get it in bits and pieces. It's usually better for the water table that way than jetting in these big rushes. Um, but, yeah, it's been nuts here, man. Like, you know, in certain parts on this island, Maui and the big island, Kauai, you know, the, in, the, in the rainier parts of all the islands, they've they been getting hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I saw there was a video footage the... of cars floating as they're trying to drive across the road. Yeah, I saw there was an evacuation warning for Haleiwa. Yep, they did. The stream overflowed or something, or yeah, yeah, just the, the water. There's just too much water coming off the mountains. I mean, yeah. so it's really cool. I was driving to, um, I was driving to Waimanalo the other day, on some off chance that one of the nurseries out there was open, so I could buy some plants for this house that were, uh, that were were flipping. So I'm driving along the Pali Highway and get by Nuuana Reservoir, and I look to my right and just all the waterfalls coming down the Koala. It's pretty cool. Yeah, like, I'm so sure there's rain. a lot. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some crazy tourists standing somewhere hiking in that area, thinking it's really cool they're out there, you know, and risking their lives. So you, you, think that, you think that's a result of climate change, that you guys are getting this deluge? Nah, I mean, we get these once in a while. It's a thunderstorm that, you know, that's the thing, right? I think the challenge being on an island like this, you're so... I mean, you're hostage and protected by the wind. And if the wind is blowing in the direction where the storm will actually go over us, I think it's just probabilities. I'm sure these storms are here around us, around the island every year, just as the year hit us. You know, it's like the hurricane thing. Like, we haven't luckily been hit by a hurricane uh, in any significant way since the, the early 90s. You know, but at some point, it's luck of the draw. At some point, the probabilities are... The hurricane's finally gonna, you know, hit us. Ah, so you're a climate denier. No, I'm not a <laughs> denier. I'm just I, I I try to look at things in some scope, you know. Like <laughs> I've seen so many hurricanes get pushed off. Like that one that got pushed off a couple years ago was crazy. It was hit, gonna hit us dead center. Trade winds kicked up, broke it apart. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that one, but uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of hurricanes that hit Hawaii. It's just this is a good target. But now that you talked about your Toki highball, yep. I think I'm gonna have to do it. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, why, why don't you do? Take, why don't you do that? Take, and, this, uh, take this instantaneous break. All right. We're gonna and take it'll a little be break like, here. It'll be like through the magic of <laughs> uh, podcasting. 
It'll be like nothing ever happened. (laughs) We'll be back in no time. Back in no time. You know, I used to be a Boy Scout. The Boy Scout motto is always be prepared. And I was not prepared. You weren't. But your hair is top notch right now. My hair is awesome, man. Like, for, you know, obviously you guys can't see this, but Royce has got a little Christopher Lloyd hair, Back to the Future kind of hair going on right now. I think I think it's probably indicative of the up and down ways that the market has been moving in the crypto in the crypto world and in the stock market. That's why I'm surprised, you know, he didn't show up with a drink in hand. It, it's been a it's been a fun, exciting, up and down last couple of weeks. It's been crazy. I mean, that's dropped down to 1,300, 1,400 yep. by the dip. Uh, yep. <laughs> Bitcoin went down to what, like 50? I think 51. Lo- no, low 40s. Low 40s. Was it low 40s? It went down to near the low oh, that's 40s. Right. That's, at, yeah. That's right. It went down to 43, I think, 42. Yeah. Yeah. And a high of over 58 today. I mean, yeah. how many times, you were talking off air about this, like how many times do I miss the buy the dip in Bitcoin? At some point in time, it feels like that stuff, there's so many institutions, so many companies, Fortune 500 companies, public companies that are are buying, you know, Bitcoin as part of their assets now. Like every time it dips, it's a buying opportunity for a new company to come in or somebody to add. So for me, I got to just bite the bullet this next time when it when it kind of pulls back a little, I'm, I'm going to jump in. Oh, yeah, it was it was scary to, you know, buy when it took that dip. You know, I, def- I said I deployed a lot of capital during that dip. But there's no guarantee that it's gonna come back up either. You know, you're you're making a bet. It was a <laughs> stressful time. It was. I, I just rem- I remember two weeks ago how we, you and I felt. I mean, I was I was. It was two weeks ago today actually because I was uh I was cooking at my you know I was doing my my private chef service at my client's house on Thursday, and you just texted me it's dumping hard, and I had I looked at it and I said you know what. I'm going to protect my gains and I'll come back and play again later, you know, yeah. and two weeks now it's back almost essentially where uh, it's above almost where it's above where it was that two weeks ago. So, yeah, I don't know. So Who knows? And the, the great thing about right now, though, is that Biden signed the American Rescue Plan today mm-hmm. and checks could be going out as early as next week. Checks can be going out. Direct deposits are coming in. I really, like we talked about the last show, I really believe a lot of that money is going to enter the markets, every variation of the markets. Uh, hopefully the people that really need that money don't put it in the markets. They use it for the things they need. But, you know, it's a generous package for people. And, you know, the, like stuff even like the child credit. In, in 2021, the reports are the increase in the child tax credit is actually going to come in the form of checks. For the for, for the year of 2021 only. After that, it'll be something you claim uh, when you file your taxes in April. But so you know, you're gonna get these people that you're gonna get some extra money. Just gonna get some extra money every month. It's really, yeah, it's really unprecedented. Uh, unprecedented. How you know, much 100%. money? The, how much money the government is putting out? It is stimulus. Like, it unbelievable. Is. It is, and so. Let's see, you know, now it's all about managing all of us as individuals, how to manage it, you know, the money we get, and then how the government kind of takes care of it in a way where it doesn't cause, you know, inflation to go out of control. Yeah, I mean, eventually it's going to come to an end. 
I think we have to take advantage of it while the opportunity is there because 100 percent they're, they're going to have to raise rates at some point too and that's going to put a break on a lot of things this yep. this era of cheap money i think at some point is going to come to a close right it's funny that we've been saying that probably for the last 20 years or so this era of cheap money thing it's just gotten cheaper. Rate, <laughs> it just gets cheaper yeah. right and like it has never gone back to what it was in the 90s where interest rates were in the double digits like yeah. think about it. our parents bought homes when interest rates are in the double digits. Yeah, it's crazy. That's that's unfathomable, right? That's a bad credit card loan right now. That is that is amazing, actually. It's amazing <laughs> what they did. You know, it's amazing how resilient they were, how frugal, and all the things they did, how disciplined they were to do it during that time, and you know, basically provide you know the shelter we had, you know, growing up, uh, and and everything else they provided. Like I don't even know how they did it. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I was telling them that. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. <laughs> like, like, how do you guys like manage three kids' schedules? Take them, yeah. go to work, take them to yeah. school, take them to sports, take them yeah. to like piano recitals, this, that. Yeah. Like, pff, yeah. you guys are, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Logistically challenging, financially challenging, and how did they take care of themselves during that time? And I think that might have been a little bit of difference. You know, not as much self care back then. You know, it yeah. less less of an emphasis on self-care back then as opposed to now where we're encouraging people to kind of take care of themselves a little bit more. Yeah. So talking about taking care of themselves, how about those football contracts? Huh? How's that DAC contract that came up with the Cowboys? So I didn't see it, actually. What what did he sign for? I know that he signed. I just didn't see what the details were. Let's put it this way. Essentially, with last year's guaranteed money, He's going to get almost a total of $160 million guaranteed over four years. Wow. Wow. Now, essentially, the total value of the contract is 100. I believe it's four years, 160. But he got 31 mil last year, right? The year he, uh, the year he got hurt last, last season. Yeah. And this contract calls for, I believe, like 129-ish. Not an exact number, but about 129 million guaranteed. So it's essentially, if you count last year's year one of the contract, he's going to get four years, 160 160 million dollars. Wow. Guaranteed. You know what though? I mean, I I I don't have a opinion on this, or I can't give one because again, that's my quarterback last year at least. <laughs> so <laughs> I did I mean, draft him. <laughs> I had high hopes, and, uh, and he was doing great. He was doing fine. He's he, a, was, doing he was he was he was stat stuffing the way he was the last for the last couple of years. Yeah, it wasn't W's, but it was stat stuffing. Stat stuffing, you know, he 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 threw for a lot of yardage, threw you know a good amount of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Can't really complain about that. No, I mean, the the question I think that Dallas had to ask themselves was. Were they going to be able to find another quarterback that would be better than what they had with Dak? And I think, obviously, the answer that they came up with is no. No, and and also that for sure the answer is no there in their mind because they're totally in a win now mode. I would I'm gonna say because at some point in time, there's hell to pay with all these huge contracts they have on payroll. As these contracts get older, the bigger numbers start hitting the salary cap. Like I, I think the reports are the the salary cap number for Dak's contract this coming year is only about 26 mil. 
So that's how it's working. Because this year we have a lowered salary cap. For the first time in a long time, the salary cap actually decreased uh, wow. from last year because of COVID-19 and lack of revenue. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where you look at the other contracts they have and all these contracts they've been giving out year after year, all these big contracts, like Amari, Amari Cooper's contract now is going to carry a bigger cap number. <clears throat> the Ezekiel Elliott contract is going to carry a bigger cap number probably. You know, I'm, I'm doing all this without looking at, at the stats, but that's typically how these guys, how these teams set up these contracts where they just push the money out, they kick the can down the road. Kind of like the same thing the government does, just kicks the can down the road when, you know, we owe money somewhere. Like, whatever. That's the problem, yeah. Yeah, we'll just expand the budget some more. It's okay, whatever. We'll fake a government shutdown, and we'll just make the debt bigger. Whatever. Who do we really owe the money to at this point, you know? As long as they get reelected. Exactly. So it's been fascinating to watch that. I mean, there's so much drama in the NFL. I mean... As we head into the opening of free agency next Wednesday, you know, there's still some guys out there that people are trying to figure out where they're going to be. What do you think about all this noise that seemingly happened by accident on the Dan Patrick show with Russell Wilson? What do you think with all these noise, all this noise that's happening in Seattle with Russell Wilson and your team, the Chicago Bears? So I heard that today. Come on. Come on. It, the rumors have been going out. It's been going pretty strong with the Bears for about the last 10 days or so. Not going to happen. Russell Wilson is not leaving Seattle. Although that would be a sea chicken move for them to do something like that. But it's a different team. It's a different time. I don't see that happening. I would love to see that happening, but I don't see that happening. Because, so, trust me, I'm tired of <laughs> I'm tired of Trubisky, dude. <laughs> you're tired of the Trubiskys. You're tired of the Nick Foles. Yes, yeah. You're tired of the Jay Cutlers. You're tired of, you know, all these guys that just, for whatever reason, just don't work out in Chicago. And now, is it just Chicago can't pick them, or is it Chicago itself? So, it was funny. When I was in Vegas, was it last year, I think? I was sitting at a blackjack table with uh, one of these guys from Chicago. He was there for some... A convention or something and we were talking about the bears right and because obviously i'm not there i'm not in the city i don't hear about things on a day-to-day basis but what he was saying was that he was placing the blame on the organization mm-hmm. that and I, I can't i can't disagree because you know throughout the time that even if you go back to the mid-2000s when they had a great defense their offense was always terrible no matter who, the quarterbacks we had have been terrible. Like, we've had, I think, one Pro Bowl wide receiver ever since maybe, like, the 80s. It was Marty Booker. Remember Marty Booker? No, Robinson made the Pro Bowl this year, didn't he? Uh, Allen Robinson made. I, Allen Robinson might so, have made the Pro Bowl this year. Then then he would be. Or, 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 or a couple years ago, the first year he was in uh, Chicago. He had a really great year the first year he was in Chicago. I don't know if he did, but anyway, like we, the offense has never been that great for Chicago for years and years and years, and it's always been the defense, right? But that's the DNA of the organization, right? It's uh, well, I mean, it's different coaches, right? Like different schemes. Like we had Mike Martz there for a while too, right? Didn't work out. I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the field, the conditions that they play in. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't know. Maybe they're not very good at evaluating 
quarterbacks I mean, or wide receivers or uh-huh but, I mean, it, um, it's kind of this thing right like sometimes certain organizations they want offense to be a certain way or they want their defense to be a certain way they want their identity identity to be a certain way yeah right you're like the giants right the giants i would be stunned if they ever get into this this real open style of offense the giants will always be a team very reliant on the running game you know yeah. Very line in running game with a drop back quarterback and play great defense. That's that's the Giants that's the Giants way. That's what they yeah. do. You know, and I feel like the Bears are very much built in that way. Um and I, I just saw I just saw that uh a couple of days ago, you know, on the on the topic of Allen Robinson that they just franchise tagged him. Well that's good. Um, I mean you know the the Bears are good at getting rid of their offensive pieces. <laughs> uh, you know, like who? Uh, what was that tight end? I can't remember his name now. Um, he played for the Panthers. He's he's a good catching patch catching tight end. Greg Olson. Greg Olson, yeah. Got rid of him so quickly. They got rid of Robbie Gold, and we got, ended up with Cody Parkey. And look what happened there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're so good you're at- right. So you're right, real quick. Sorry, you're right. Allen Robinson did not make it despite really good numbers with the Bears. He just gets snubbed every year. Yeah, I think Marty Booker is the the only Pro Bowl receiver. Because we're not gonna had. count. We're not gonna count Devin Hester, right? Because it's it was for uh, is for return for returning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Marty Booker. Well, you know that was the last time the Bears tried to have an exciting offense. Remember that they went with they went their offense were doing all these wide receiver screens. Uh, there it was this quick hitting kind of open kind of yeah, offense. Yeah, because quarterback was like, was it like Kyle Olsen or Kyle Orton? I mean, Kyle Orton from the from the Broncos. Yeah, was he was well, yeah, he was a bear before that. Right, but, but they got that because they got that coach from that coach that uh, was they the coach that I think was that he was a head coach of Louisiana Tech and he came in to be an offensive coordinator for the Bears. Do you remember him? No, which one was that? I mean, we've had so that many. Was, he brought that offense over. He brought that offense over to the Bears, where they where they made who, that. Who was the quarterback? Where they, where, where they made was, that move? Who was the quarterback when Marty Booker was a wide receiver? I don't remember now. It was so long ago. Cade McNown, like Cade which, McNown which, was a which bear was a great classic, was it? Which which <laughs> which which bear which bear uh. Brad Miller. So, so this is so this is two thousand. So this is two thousand one, two thousand and two, where they had, had a pretty explosive offense. So the two thousand and two Bears, when Marty Booker uh, made the Pro Bowl, uh, I remember this because I remember it was such a hubbub that that the Bears were doing something different for once. That it was kind of a pass first offense, and they had a defensive coach because the coach was Dick Duron, right? He yeah. was their head coach. So I remember, like, I was like, wow, this is kind of a cool deal, like, to see the Bears flood through it around. Now, mind you, when the Bears did that in 2002, and they had a Pro Bowl wide receiver, their record was 4-12. and So, you know, at some point in time, that makes you wonder, like, well, was that the route they should have went? Oh, well, who who was the quarterback? Was it Jim Miller still? No, it wasn't. I mean, Jim Miller may have been one of the quarterbacks that played. But the uh, the starting quarterback that year... It was Jim Bears. Miller, dude. Jim Miller. 20, Jim Miller. <laughs> yeah. I told you, dude. I told you, man. But they, they, so the year before, they went 13-3. and three. I remember Correct. that season because they had some 
ridiculous wins. I remember one where I think we were down in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and they had like two interceptions for touchdown returns or something like that, or like a long interception touchdown return to win by Mike Brown. And right. uh, that was just that was just a, a, all the cards fell in place that year. To go Mike there. Brown, man, Mike Brown was a, just a, he is fantastic. Their their defense was like their defense was great back then. Yep, they were. So the year before, can you name the quarterback the year before? I mean that year. I'm sorry. It was Jim that Miller. Year. Uh, 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 uh. Wait, which year? 2001. I'm looking at a random game in 2001 where they played. They played the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Okay. It was in November. I'm gonna give you a hint. Okay. Okay. This guy, this guy was a quarterback for the University of Florida. He once made a really awkward. Oh, Grossman. Pre note, he made an awkward pregame. I always remember this because he made a super awkward pregame intro because Florida, I believe, played a game in Japan. And when his pregame, he had a headband on and he bowed. <laughs> it was pretty awkward. Okay, I don't know. Okay, he is, wore number nine. He wore number nine, and he wore a pretty slight guy, pretty pretty like skinny guy. Shane uh, Matthews. Ah, uh, Shane Matthews. Yeah, Shane Matthews in this game, in this game, and this is this is kind of the one or two game. He started three games that year. Jim Miller started the rest, but in three games that year, Shane Matthews was two and one. You know, he actually had a pretty good game. That game against the Browns, he threw for over three hundred yards. So they had, didn't they have like a two or three headed monster at quarterback of the, in those seasons? I mean, they did what they had to do, right? Essentially. But you look at the Bears, like. But anyway, yeah. The, the long story like, is that I don't see Russell Wilson going to the Bears at all, despite whatever rumors. Like Seattle, Seattle. Okay, I think, let's, play, let, let's play fantasy land for a little while, okay? Yeah. Let's say it happens and they give up the house for him. Like they pull the Mike Dicker, I'm gonna give you my whole draft. Yeah. Give me Russell Wilson. My whole draft and my we first. Also get rid of Trubisky. <laughs> to give him, oh he, uh, they didn't resign him. I thought, because uh... that was his, he was the last year of the contract last year, and they didn't give him the fifth year option. So did they bring him back on a small on a small contract? I thought they brought him back. I thought they'd bring him back. Yeah, maybe I, I might be wrong. It's, it's probably well, it's probably just not. It's it's not a big contract if they do. Right, so I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know, I think he's gone. I think you're right. Yeah, he's that's gone. right. They're, they're, yeah, you're right. You're they're, right. They're, they're gonna let him. They're gonna let him test the waters and go get a Blake Bortles contract that he gets with the Rams and, you know, just sits on a bench and does nothing. But so say, let's play this scenario. They give you the whole draft. I mean, if I'm Seattle, I'd be like, you want Russell? Give me your whole draft, and I want your first for the next year. I think if you're the Bears. Do they have enough to win if you just plug in Russell Wilson? See that I don't know anymore. Like I would say if it was like the Erlacher years, yeah. But now, I mean, granted they did, they were a doink away. What two years ago now? Two years, years ago though. Yeah. Two years ago when the defense was two years younger, with a better <laughs> defensive coordinator than they have now. You know, if only they had just kept Robbie Gold. Like I don't understand that. <laughs> The guy was he was solid. Yeah, yeah. Why I mean, do they? I don't understand why they get rid of these people. 
<laughs> Especially the guys that figure out how to kick in Soldier Field. Yeah. Which is which is challenging. It's like it's like kicking in Heinz Field. You know, yeah. when you're when you're the Steelers kicker, you can figure out Heinz Field. You got a job there for a while. And with the kind of offense that Chicago runs, right? <laughs> you need a good See, kicker. That's, that's what I mean. But I, I think you look at the you look at the Steelers, and I and and I know when I say this, the Steelers haven't won either since they made this change. But when they opened up their offense, they're at least more fun to watch than they used to be. Where well, the Bears, they, have, they haven't the won. The Bears are so well, part of it is the because Bears are so Rock- boring to watch. Roethlisberger's been hurt, though. He's been hurt, but at the same time, even when they put up the numbers and stuff, they haven't won a Super Bowl since they beat the Cardinals. Hasn't been that long. I guess so, huh? That's a long time ago. Kurt That's Warner was still playing. Ago. James Harris and Kurt Warner still playing. Did they make it to a Super Bowl after Larry, that? Larry Fitzgerald was young. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could, he could run the length of the field that one play. <laughs> Man, that, was, that was one of the greatest Super Bowls. It was really fun. Uh, I almost won my 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 all the bets I had on that Super Bowl. You know, if if only Kurt Warner didn't throw that pick at the end of the half. If only Aaron, if only Aaron Francisco could have knocked away that pass. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> ifs. <laughs> That's the beauty of betting: ifs, buts, and yeah. But um. Yeah, and they lost to the Packers. That would that, I think that was the last time they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we still got a long way for to go for football. But yeah, but it's gonna you know it's gonna be interesting, right? You got you got the drama with Deshaun Watson, whether he's gonna get going. You 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 see where Sam Darnold's gonna end up. Uh, you're gonna wonder where what's gonna happen with Garoppolo. Do, who's do gonna you, be the quarterback for the Broncos? All that do stuff. You, do you really think? That Deshaun Watson is a top tier quarterback. I think when you look at Deshaun Watson and compare him to all the young quarterbacks in the league, I don't know what team wouldn't want him. Really? So I saw something the other day where they were saying that if the Cardinals could give up on saying Kyler Murray to Houston. Kyler Murray, yeah. And get Deshaun Watson. That you know, a lot of the analysts on ESPN were saying that they should take it, and I'm not so sure. Like, well, I'm me, not so sure. But I'm not so sure about giving up on Kyler Murray. Uh, I'm because I, I I don't think I put last year's last year's meltdown at the end of the season on Kyler Murray. I actually probably might put that more in Kingsbury than I put any anything else. I, I, inexperience on it than anything else. Yeah. And maybe some inexperience on Murray's part, but I think a lot of inexperience on Kingsbury's part. Yeah, I, I, I just don't. I guess I mean I don't know. I'm not at, at the, in the team meetings every day or anything like that, but I just don't see it. Just the eye test from a casual fan. So the thing when the thing I think I'm when I look at Watson and I watch Watson is he does he does have the it. He has the it factor. And that's not everybody. Like, Jared Goff doesn't have the it. But I think Murray does, too. No, Murray does, too. That's why I say I don't agree with yeah. the trade. I don't agree with that trade because I, I don't think you should give up on Kyler Murray. I think that's such a special talent in different ways. I, I think mean, so I, too. I, you can't give up on that talent. Now, if you're a team like the Bears, you go hard after Deshaun Watson. You go hard after Russell Wilson. What do you have to yeah. lose? Yeah. Right? What do you have to you lose? Go hard after, <laughs> you go hard after pretty much any quarterback that you can get. 
you have a chance like, of getting. Like you wonder, like if as a as a Bears fan, what if they traded for Sam Darnold? What would that make you feel like? Uh, you know, honestly, I'd be okay with that. I actually think that Sam Darnold, watching him play at USC, watching yeah, I mean, him play. And here comes the L.A. bias, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think he can be a solid quarterback. He's, he's got an arm. Like, he can make throws. I think playing for the Jets with the protection that he's had, it's going to make anybody jittery in the pocket. And I think that's what's happened to him. Well, with the Jets, you want to talk about organizational issues. You know, th- there is a, a situation where the organization just can't get out of its own way. And, you know, everyone thinks that Douglas, their GM, is the guy that's going to turn it around. But, again, it's always up to the ownership. The ownership's going to let him. You know, is the ownership going to get out of the way enough to, to let him do some magic? Because, you know, when you look at reports about Joe Douglas, he's he's a good talent evaluator. And, you know, he knows how to play with the cap. And he should be able to build a team. So, you look at their situation where they're sitting and probably getting swapping out quarterbacks and trading Darnold and go draft right now projected to be Zach Wilson, the quarterback from, from BYU. Like it'd probably be good for both teams. It'd probably be yeah. good for just a reset. Like it'd be good for Sam Darnold just to get a reset and go somewhere else. Yeah. I, I think Darnold needs to go somewhere. He needs it. Like, he, he needs it. Yeah, the talent, because the talent is there. there. There's no doubt. There's some talent there. He has a talent. I think in the right situation, like everybody, right? Yeah. Like everybody, right? You gotta yeah. find the right. I mean, one of the one of the really big rumors recently, very recently, is Deshaun Watson to Miami, and Tua goes to um, Houston. Wow, I'd be surprised if Miami did that, but at the same time, it's the NFL. Who knows? I mean, Miami's defense is pretty good, and you know that they, they have a lot of pieces. And if you bring Tua. in a kid, you bring in a kid like Watson, that is an upgrade from Tua. As much as I, I, I want to pull for Tua being being from Hawaii and all that stuff, if it was between Tua or Deshaun right now, right now at this moment, I probably want Deshaun Watson to be a starting quarterback. I think right now, just because of Watson's mobility. Correct. Like, like start of the season, yes. But end of the season, I'm not sure. With that much experience under Tua's belt, he looked good last year. He definitely had he definitely had moments where he played really well. Yeah. You know, and you know that, and Fitz, I mean Fitzmagic played great. I'm not sure if towards the end, you know, there weren't some guys in that locker room that thought Fitzmagic should have been playing, and you know it might it might have divided some of the guys a little bit. Towards the end of the season, if the goal is sure. to if the goal is to win that season, then I think yes. I mean, I think Fitzpatrick to me he's, he's kind of like who who does he compare to? Where he's a good quarterback, goes to a lot of situations. Dude, he's wins. Steve DeBerg, man. He's gonna come back and he's gonna come back. He missed starting quarterback. He's gonna come back. Look, he's gonna retire, right? He could do the Josh McCown did this just two years ago, right? Yeah, I'm retired. I'm retired. And somebody gets hurt, they need a quarterback. Yeah. Josh McCall plays in a playoff he, game. Like, that's crazy. He's he's a solid quarterback. Yeah. Like, he could be the starting quarterback for if – if you don't have, like, one of these stars like Aaron Rodgers, right, or Tom Brady, or even, I guess, at this point, Dak Prescott. I mean, like, you would want to have – On that note, what you just said there, if I'm the Cowboys – 
I want Fitzmagic as my backup quarterback. Yeah, good insurance. I, but I think at this, point, at this point, though, he's Patrick, but he retired. He, he he threw in the towel. He retired supposedly. Yeah. So we'll see. I think he's a Harvard grad, right? Smart to get out of the game, dude. Uh, yeah, either Harvard or Princeton, one of the yeah. two. I can't remember which one it is. Oh. But yeah, I mean, you know, good dude, seemingly been around, played well. Was good. It's always fun when he's succeeding. So he's fun to watch when he's playing well. He really is. He makes plays. Um, he makes plays. Yeah. And in a, as as he says, is it, or it gets pointed out in interviews that he has like. You know, he's sneaky athletic, actually. He's really good at running the ball. If you look he at his is. stats running, he's really he good at running yeah, the ball. He is. <laughs> he is. You just, you know, you get, cut, you get caught up in stereotypes, right? You know, he's just a big, older, white guy. And you, don't, you don't expect it, you know? Yeah, you, you, you can't do that. I mean, that's what used to happen with, uh, uh, was it Jordy Nelson? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brady's the only one that fulfills that stereotype, really, when you think about it. And Philip <laughs> Rivers, of course. And, like, it hurts to watch Philip Rivers run. Like it's painful. Yeah. That's we'll a lot of chopping. Too. That's a lot of chopping with the arms, and that's not a lot of foot movement to go with it. You know, <laughs> a lot There's of movement on those shoulder, those big ass shoulder blades, and he ain't going shoulder pads, and he ain't going anywhere. There's a few of them like that. What? <laughs> well, Marino yeah. was like that, right? So yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting, man. I mean, you, you the draft coming up. After, you know, I think about a month or so after free agency. The NFL does a pretty good job being uh, being being in the limelight all year round, really. Yeah, they, I mean they have to. But uh, did you actually watch the NBA All Star game? I only saw I, I saw clips. I, I you know an NBA All Star game, it's hard to watch because it's sad. What are we doing? We're watching we're watching guys shoot. They've made it so gimmicky now that yeah. I couldn't even really follow it. So basically, yeah. they take a score every quarter. And they award the winner of the quarter, like, a, a point or something, I guess. But at the end, it's the first to hit a certain score, I think. I, oh, I don't really? know. It's so confusing. I, I mean, I didn't watch it. Of course, the highlights came out, and Steph, Steph and Dame are just bombing, you know. Yeah. You know, which is cool. Uh, it's emblematic of today's NBA, but I don't know. I feel like that the All-Star game... The best bet in the All-Star game in the past before they changed the scoring format, which is bet the over. I think at least four times in the last five years, I bet the over in the NBA All-Star game and won. Yeah. Without 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 breaking a sweat, you know. Yeah. And I, I miss the old. I mean, you know, I watched the dunk contest. I watched the three-point shootout. I watched the the All-Star game, and they've gone to such a different like all these different formats. Yep. Compared to what it was in the past, and. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if it's better. Well, you know, the dunk contest is hard, right? Because you can't get the, the stars to really be a part of it anymore. I mean, you think about it. Jordan was in the dunk contest. If Jordan yeah. were to playing today, he would not be in the dunk contest. He would opt out every year. I don't think he would. But <laughs> but today today's NBA, yeah, I mean, you don't have the stars in there. Like, you're not going to have the LeBrons. No. Nope. Right? No, you're not gonna have. I mean, who's even a big name guy that can jump now? I can't even. I mean, Zach Levine was the last one, right? Where where he, you know he won, but a lot of people didn't even know who Zach Levine was when he won. Yeah, I mean, he was just he, he was just he was early in his career, right? Early in his career, he really didn't do much in Minnesota yet. 
you know, and, and then you got the guy from Oklahoma, Oklahoma City that won, I think, a couple years later. Nobody really knew who he was. He really hasn't risen to any kind of level right now, too, as a star. A lot, a lot of these guys are unknown. Right. Really. Right. I mean, Simons from Portland, he's the guy that won. Like, do you know who yeah. he is? Like, nope. I barely know who he is. Barely. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Barely. I barely know him. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's why it's so hard. Like, sometimes I try to get super engaged right now with basketball because – now, now we're coming back from an all-star break. This is the sprint to the playoffs. Like I'm trying to get engaged and watch it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I think the only way I'm going to be able to is start betting on it. Then I might get a little more engaged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that would keep me engaged too. But you know, just, <laughs> yeah, just just watch it. Like, honestly, like I use this time. I would use this time to study for the playoffs. Like, study the, what the teams run, You know, like right. what the tendencies are. Right. You know, that's what's right. going to help you in the playoffs. Right. Help you with what? Betting. See, I mean, when right, it's all said and done. Of course. Yeah, when it's all said and done, that's what we're really talking about here. Or right? for you to, like, be confident in who might win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Outside, of, outside of gambling, whatever. So what, what do you think about going to stay with basketball and, and things that have, haven't happened in a while? What do you think about Duke not going to be in the NCAA tournament? This is the first time since – you remember that team that didn't make it? I remember that team very well that didn't make it. I don't remember. Wojciechowski was their star. Like, think about it. He was their star player that year. Yeah. I don't even, I, I remember that I, like, I hear, I, the name is familiar, but. Woj. I can't even pick, I can't even see his face. I can't even think about who, what, the, so, what the team was like around him. For the last few years, or for a lot of the more recent years, he's been on the, he's been on Duke's bench. I think he might be coaching somewhere else now. But he's a shorter, uh, kind of dirtier blonde hair guy. Yeah. He uh, was a point guard. I, I, actually, I actually haven't really followed NCAA basketball in, you know, years now, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been I've been out. Like, I haven't really followed it that closely, like, in a while. Yeah, like, he's the – so he's the head coach at Marquette now. Uh, he's actually been the head coach at Marquette for a few years, since since 2014. Uh, but he before that he was an assistant at Duke for 15 years. But yeah, I, I I just remember that year. I remember the year they didn't make it. And then there's such an institution and 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 so 2020 2021 that the reason why they're not in there, COVID. They yeah. pulled out of, they pulled out a tournament. Now I don't think they would have won enough games anyway to get to the point where they get into the tournament because they started the tournament 12 and 11. But then they beat a pretty good Louisville team. And then they got an infection, and that was that. Yeah, but you know what's funny? Duke, Duke wasn't that good before Shashevsky got there with Leitner and Hurley. Uh, and who's who was the guy before that? Um, a little, a Dan, little before Danny, that. Duke, Duke, Duke was already no. Duke was already making their move uh, to being a, a, a one of the best programs in the nation way further back than that. You're talking, you got to look at Johnny Dawkins' time. You got to look at Johnny Dawkins, Mark Allery. Those are the times where you look at it like it's that, that's when they're kind of starting to be up and coming. Yeah. So the, I, that, that's the time where Duke kind of started to come through and uh, kind of become a national power, a perennial national power. Who was on that team with them that you see all the time when you watch college basketball? With Mark Allery, Johnny Dawkins, and those kind of guys. What's that? The, you talk about the announcer guy? Yeah, Jay Billis. Jay Billis, yes. Jay Billis. 
couldn't think of his name, but yeah. I mean, it was back then. I mean, and so I mean, they were they were starting to, you know, I mean, they were making their move at Shashevsky for sure. He he is what made Duke basketball, right? So oh, Bill has played sure. Bill has played in you know from '82 to '86. So they, I mean, I think this is our age showing that we think it wasn't that long ago. It was a long time ago. The '80s were 30 years ago, you know. No, oh, I know it was long. It was long time. Yeah. ago. the '80s I'll, were 30 but, years ago. I wasn't even born then, so. Oh, whatever. Can't even. What a liar. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't even speak to that. Uh huh. <laughs> and now, like, look at look at look at golf now too, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you you, you look at what happened in, in golf, and you I and mean, you watch the up and downs of every sport, right? You you look at what happened. To, what are they saying about Tiger? Uh, up where you are? Uh, I haven't heard too much. The only thing I heard last was Rory saying that uh, he might be released from the hospital soon and be able to start his rehab at home. It's like not. Hawthorne, where the like it's a main it's the main thoroughfare through that whole mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's like it's right down the street basically. But yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It is. Uh, one day there's gonna be a hell. Of a documentary on Tiger Woods. I don't think the best document documentary on Tiger Woods has been made yet. Have you seen the the one that they yep. just put out? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's, it's. I just don't think we have the whole story yet. <laughs> I just think the story will just. I think there will be many things added to the yeah. story. Yeah. No, I don't think. I don't think we don't. I mean, I don't think we do. And he's definitely been singularly singularly focused. Right. His entire life. Like it's all led up to, you know, him being this golfer. I, I think he's just had a, a a string of just bad luck, you know, like his body breaking down, like him getting into his accident. Yeah, bad luck and bad choices. So yeah, bad, we can never, yeah, we we can never we can never deny the bad choices side of that equation. Yeah. So, but it's the life, man. Like it, it's it's such a challenge. When you're you're always in the spotlight, it's always it's such a challenge. It's such a challenge. Imagine if we had the kind of cell phones back then that we have today. You I know? tell you what, you know Brett Favre got caught sending his junk over via text, right? How many times do you think that would have happened earlier in his career in the early '90s? You know, yeah, <laughs> with this technology. There's, there's, I'm sure there's stories that we don't even know of. Like look at Lawrence Taylor, a guy like Lawrence Taylor, where Lawrence's Taylor's career be as long as it was if tech was around the way it is now. I'm not too sure. I mean, with with the Mets, like with the Giants, with the Cowboys, yeah, definitely things would have been a lot different. But it was a different time. It was a different time. But, but um. I mean, you know, for March, this is a, at least exciting time for for sports. You know, we have a uh, we have baseball coming on the band. What's the excitement about the Dodgers? Hey, great, great starting pitching, great hitting. You know, World Series contenders again. Like that's a story. We got Trevor Bauer. Oh my gosh! Like their their pitching lineup is. I mean, is there's their starting pitching has just got that much better. Like you're bringing in. What a Cy Young guy mm-hmm. into a lineup and, that, uh, and, that and a has. former UCLA Bruin, right? Isn't and Trevor Bauer from UCLA? UCLA? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that man. I pulled that off the top of my head, man. You gotta like that. <laughs> Pretty good. 
Yeah, he's he's from here. So, you know, if the Dodgers don't make it back to the World Series, I think honestly that's that's a disappointment. I, I'm it's just a, amazed at how they could collect all this talent. Uh, it's a, it's just amazing how they amass all this talent. Um, but I, I think that that shows the difference between baseball and other sports. I no think, salary cap. Yeah, no salary cap. I, think, I think the biggest difference is that they have the resources to be able to you know spend and acquire all these players. Mm-hmm. But now they've had the same capacity in the 20 years I've been here. It's just that they use their resources much more wisely than they did back then. Mm-hmm. I think back in the early 2000s, they spent their money mostly on athletes that were past their prime, right. that were big names, but not necessarily right. ones that were going to you know, help, the, help the team in areas that they needed help in. Right. Now, they're more focused on, I think, those areas that can help the team. Like, they didn't spend a lot of money on starting pitching, really, back then. I mean, we had Kevin Brown for a few years when he was when mm-hmm. he was still good, but at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. On the tail end. Yep. That we spent, yeah, we spent money on guys like, or traded for guys like Gary Sheffield, Sean Green. Uh, you know, we let Adrian Beltre go. After he uh, had, you spent you spent money on Manny for a little while. Spent money on Man- Manny. Okay, Manny produced though, but that was an enhanced produce, I guess, and he also got suspended. But Sean Green didn't pan really didn't really pan out. Like Gary Sheffield right. was probably the better the best hitter that we had at that time, and we let him go. Right. And then you had guys like Eric Carros and. Uh, well, the home the home the homegrown guys, right? Yeah. Well, you had that you, you had that run of rookie of the years. You had three straight rookie of the years, right? You had yeah. guys like you had, you had you remember Todd Todd Hollingsworth? Yes, yeah. Right. So those guys, I mean, it was a great run of just homegrown talent between Piazza, Carols, and all all these all these guys that you yeah. just kind of brought in. You you raised them from your farm system. Yeah. Um, but I think now the the position LA's in, like your farm system. I mean, look what they did with May. I mean, it's it's got to be that 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 scouting department's got to get a lot of credit. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, dude, that kid is electric. I mean, you got up like, you got guys like Corey Seager too, right? Yep. Came up. They, they, they I mean, they've done a good job. Who? Uh, I'll give you one name for the for this for this baseball season though. I think he's really gonna hit the scene, and really become more of a household name. And it's the right fielder from the from Seattle, Kyle Lewis. This kid is talented. Oh, he was he was good. I had him on my fantasy team last year. This kid is talented, and I think giving a, a full year, I think when he gets to really play a full year, I think everyone's gonna know who this kid is. Oh, he put up some numbers. Put up some. I mean, it, it, they weren't huge numbers. I mean, you know, eleven home runs, twenty eight RBIs in a weird year, right? Yeah. But you know, only two hundred at bats. I think in his career, he's probably only had about three hundred or three hundred or so at bats. Uh, but just talent. It, it's going to be classic Mariners. This kid's going to become a star, and they're going to trade him away. Ah, <laughs> uh, but true, dude. Classic Mariners. <laughs> dad but true. So, but yeah, exciting, man. I, I'm excited to kind of watch some sports. I'm mildly excited for Major League Baseball. More excited than I've been in, in recent years. Yeah. Partly because I, I think I just miss seeing sports in the stadium with fans. I think this is our chance. Baseball is going to be our first chance to really see sports where fans in there in a normal way yeah so i got a question for you man 
Yep. Because I was just thinking about this. You mentioned Seattle, the Mariners, and, you know, we were there at a time when Mariners had, you know, Randy Johnson, they had Griffey, they had A-Rod, right? Edgar Martinez. They had a great team. Mm-hmm. Which team do you think was better? That team in, say, like, let's say 95, 96, that thing made the playoffs. They won a one-game playoff against the Angels, I want to say. We were at that game. Did you come with me to that game? No, I don't think so. Where a unit came out of the bullpen <laughs> to close that game? I remember that game. I don't know if I that was. That was, uh, I believe that was 1998, I want to say eight, 98, 99. Maybe, uh, yeah. I, remember, I think I remember it, it might have been the 99 Mariners, actually. Or, no, I, I think it's the 98 Mariners, if I if I just had to reach on the top of my head here. Yeah. So um, do you think that that team that had that run was better than the team from 2001 that set the uh, – didn't they set the major league record for wins? With Cass yeah. right as a closer, Ichiro. I mean, that – yeah. I, it definitely was – the heyday of, of Mariners baseball, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, Boone. you talk about, you think about the, the, the three, about that three-year run, three or four-year run the Mariners had with the young Alex Rodriguez, you know, Griffey, Jay Buhner, Edgar, Edgar Martinez, Joey Cora. You had all these, you had all these foundational kind of guys. I mean, Chris Bosio, who I think for a while was their pitching coach, was actually pitching for the team at the time. Um, Dave Valley, a, a catcher, like, those are fun teams to watch. It, it's funny because building the new stadium kind of kind of got them in trouble because now you took you started taking home runs off the board for the Mariners. You know, the oh. Mariners side, when we're in the Kingdome, bombs yeah. away, baby. Bombs away in that place. Yeah. Well, that was a pitcher's park, though. But, you know, you know. Kingdome? The Kingdome, yeah. But you know what? Kingdom, yeah. Safeco is much more of a pitcher's park than the Kingdome was. I've never been to Safeco. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, it's not even called Safeco anymore. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, know. I don't know either. But it's a fun park, man. It's a fun park to watch the games. Uh, I think right now when I think about when... Uh, like, how many Major League Stadiums do you think you've been in? Gosh. To watch I, a I've game been... now. Not just... Not just been in it, but yeah. being in it, watching no, it. Like, well, I've been to, like, the uh, where where did the California Angels play in the 90s, dude? Like, I don't think that stadium exists anymore. Anaheim Stadium. Yeah, I don't think that exists anymore. Yeah, they play where the because the Rams played in Anaheim Stadium before. Yeah. So, like, I've been there. I've been to Dodger Stadium. I've been to, I've been to, was it the Dome called again? <laughs> the Dome for? Seattle. The King Dome. Kingdom. Yep. Into the kingdom. What are the? I think that might be it, dude. I don't think I've. That might be it, cause the Astros have a. They play on a different. Yeah, they play on Minimade, right? Like. Right. Cause I've been to uh, Energy Energy Field. NRG Stadium. Energy, yeah, Energy. That might be it. I don't think I've. So I, I'm not a guy that really makes a lot of uh, bucket lists or anything like that, but uh-huh. I, I I think that maybe. I think what would be on my list if I did make one is to watch a game at every in every major league stadium. Really? Before my time is up. You better start now. Gotta get moving, man. Father Time is knocking right now, man. Father Time is undefeated. You don't know when your time is up, dude. If you want to go, I'll go with you, man, right now. I mean, so 
Oh, I have it. I have. Stuff. I forgot the the other stadiums I've been to. I've been to uh, Petco Park and I've been to uh, uh, what do you call um, AT well whatever they call it now AT and T Park or is it even is it even AT and T anymore? No, I think it's something else. Right. I I don't even know. Is it? Um, yeah. So well, before we do that, let, let's uh. Let me kind of straighten the record on what we're talking about with the Mariners and the one-game playoff. That was 1995. Yep. Uh, again, and Randy Johnson strikes out uh, Tim Salmon to end the game. Tim, Tim Salmon. Salmon. Remember wow. Tim Salmon and J.T. Snow were supposed to be like the next greatest thing that was going to happen in baseball? Yeah. They're coming up with the Angels at the same time. Yeah. And, and J.T. Snow did good for the Giants. Being, uh, End up being a solid, a solid player for the Giants. Solid defensive player for the. Just a solid player. We'll just say that, right? Never I became still, the hitter everyone thought he was gonna be. No, yeah. But I still, I'm still pissed that the freaking Giants did not win the World Series against the A's in what was that 2004, 2002? Oh man, that was a depressing World Series. Was that 2002? I think so. And now uh, when. Oh. Uh, the, not the A's. That was somebody else. It was the Angels. They lost to the Angels. They lost to the Angels, yeah. Not the A's. Yeah, yeah you said the A's earlier. We'll uh, edit that up. meant the Angels, yeah. Yeah, because when, the when they played the A's, when they played the A's, there was a... Yeah, there was a big earthquake, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like Rick Russell and like, you know, Dude. Will Clark and Matt Williams and... Robbie Thompson. Robbie Thompson, man. I think Willie. I think Willie McGee was on that team for the uh, for the Giants at that time. Either yeah, the Giants or yeah, it was the Giants, right? Man, if Robbie he Thompson pitched. just didn't get beaten in the face, yeah, yeah, different career. Was who else? Let's see. You talking shortstop? I think the shortstop was still Jose Uribe. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it wasn't Dunstan. Dunstan was later. Was in the later run. Yeah. Um. Shawan Dunstan. Shawan Dunstan. Don't call me Shawan. My name is Sean. Former Cub. <laughs> number one draft pick. 1985. Yeah, I, might, I, might, I might have his rookie card. Remember that number one draft pick card for the top's number one draft pick card? Shawan yeah. Dunstan. Yeah, it might be worth something now, man. Everything's going up. Only if it's graded P- PCS 10. PSA 10. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, grading baseball cards, man. Anyone listening out there, you got old baseball cards of all-time greats. If it looks really good, go get it graded. It does cost money, so it's a bit of a gamble. But, uh, man. No, man. Not, only, not only that, but get get into the collection now. Like, this whole NBA Top Shot thing, yep. huge. Would you see what uh, Trevor Lawrence did today? No. So Trevor Lawrence, the, the quarterback at Clemson, who is going to be the number one pick in the draft, signed – a deal today to have an exclusive card collection with tops. Wow. Like that's pretty good that's pretty good work by his agent there. That is pretty good. But you know, I, I think in the future each athlete will issue their own cards and memorabilia. I, no, I think that's where we're never at. mind cards. You know what it's gonna be? If crypto takes off, what is oh, it gonna yeah. be? It's gonna be the collectibles. These digital it's collectibles. Gonna, that, it's gonna be this digital collectible. Today. It's going to be what's happening, what we talked about on our last show. It's going to be those collectibles that are just insane. Like, those things are flying off the shelf. Yeah. Look at You see what, what's happening with, you know, the Twitter founder. He's going to sell – he's selling his first tweet. 
Yeah, that, that's crazy. I should sell my tweets, but they probably won't get anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy it for a penny, Royce. There's people buying there's people buying art for like thousands of dollars. Just random stuff like in fact, one art piece went sold today for sixty million dollars. I saw that. I saw it was, that. It was Justin Sun though. He's the founder of Tron and he's known as a master marketer, I guess is the best way to put it. Well yeah. the marketing yeah. equals sixty million dollars. So yeah, I would say he's a master marketer. <laughs> but it's it's crazy. I mean, to me it seems very frothy and you know, definitely a bubble right now, but I mean, who knows? I mean that's a, that's what we we're saying in the last show, right? It's like, man, if you wanted signs for the top of a market, like those those things that people are buying, like that, that feels think, like a top. That feels like something yeah, you laugh at ten years from now. Yeah, when Lindsay Lohan's selling art on these things, uh, it's probably you're probably getting there. Probably getting close. <laughs> probably getting close. Yeah. So uh, at, at this moment, our Ethereum is trying to hug that eighteen hundred level, and uh, and Bitcoin is down to fifty six eight seventy, just down from earlier today. Nice. Which which the high was fifty eight thousand, a little over fifty eight thousand. So you're saying it's time to buy. Feels not heavy. financial advice. <laughs> not financial advice, but it feels like it's gonna bust through sixty thousand after it revisits probably the low fifties. So I'm probably gonna look at about the fifty two ish range. If it hits there, I'm going in and thinking that the next move up is gonna take it above sixty. Wow. But nice, who man. knows? Who knows, you know? Who knows? It's yeah. nice to speculate, and that's what all—that's all we're doing. Not financial advice. Not financial advice. But so it sounds like the rain is not getting too crazy here right now. You know, I'm, I, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be tonight. Uh, whereas it was—it was raining pretty hard last night. We actually lost power for a little while at my office. Wow. Hey, I'm glad you didn't lose power tonight. Well, that's why I called you to let's record this because you know yeah. who knows we could have been cut off and would have been a special edition episode. But hey, anything else you want to uh, let the audience know about anything in the crypto world moving up or anything sports you want to let out? You want one last thought for the day? Oh, one last thought. Man, watching uh, Bryson DeChambeau hit that 370-yard drive is not bad. It just reminded me of my 300-yard drive to go within 10 feet of the pin and blowing that eagle putt. That's what did it you at least me get, Did you at least get the birdie? Yeah, I got the birdie. Yeah. I mean, I can't assume that. I showed you the video. You saw but the for all, But for, <laughs> for for all I know, like you could putt that eagle putt and you just push it way past the hole and then you lip out the birdie hole, the birdie putt, and you'll just tap in for par. And that's why I know you didn't watch the video because if you watch the video, you could see my tap in for, for birdie. But uh, I'm glad that we didn't video any of the rest of the round because it did not look like that at all. Or, or you, that, the <laughs> fact that you didn't film the topography of that hole where it was probably about 250 yards downhill and that, that 300-yard <laughs> drive never left the ground. It just it's rolled 300 flat. yards. It's actually flat. But that was definitely my best, my, <laughs> my best hit of the day by far. I mean, that's a hell of a shot, Royce. I'm not – a. Did you hit the cart path about five times so it went 300 yards? I actually hit a tree and it flew farther because of the tree. <laughs> the truth comes out. No, I, actually, I did. I did hit it. On the, it, it was a nice shot. 
Nice shot I've ever hit. Man, you, you drive in 300 yards, I can't play with you, man. Yeah, you can, because you should see the rest of my drives. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's impressive, though. Hitting a drive 300 yards, that's impressive. That is not a typical... That is not a typical shot. Atypical or not, I would take a 300-yard drive. I'm pretty sure I've never hit a 300-yard drive that wasn't aided by some kind of wind or some kind of downhill downhill trust, roll. Trust me, we were all surprised. <laughs> <laughs> there was no one that was not surprised. I guess the workouts have been helping, huh? The workouts have been helping, man. Oh. All right, well, with that, we started this show with your, with your awesome hair, and then now we, we're ending it with your great shot. I'll live with that. (laughs) Come full circle, you know? We're a full service provider here. Come full circle. All right, Robert Royce. Try not to pull that hair out watching Ethereum move up and down over the next few days. I have a really bad feeling a little bit tomorrow in the market. The market's been running up quite a bit heading up to the signing of this bill. Kind of feels like a sell on the news moment, so hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yep, we will see. All right, with that, guys, that's that's it for our episode today. Thank you for listening, as always. Hope you come back and listen for more. And we'll see you later. See you guys on the next episode.